Um, Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Trinity Sunday is a time, uh, I said this morning at Sunday school, that is a nice cap to the festival season of the church year. Um, We've gone through all the big ones, and now we have the Trinity. And it's one of those also that um, maybe gets overlooked a little bit, because it's the end of all the big times with Easter and Pentecost Ascension and all these things like that, but it's no less important that we take one day to give reverence and awe and thanks to God for revealing himself in the three persons of the Holy Trinity. And yet, it's kind of mind-boggling that God would do such a thing in revealing himself in such a way. Because it defies humanly reason and logic to say, well, there's only one God, but he's three persons and they're co-eternal, co-equal, co-majesty and all these things like that, right? That there, no one is before the other and no one is behind the other, but the Son is is co-equal with the Father in his divinity, but less than the Father in his humanity and all, it's like, but the... uh, the humanity was assumed into the divinity and all these things, right? So you just go, oh, man. You, you kind of say, well, now that we've gone through the Athanasian Creed, we'll just look forward to next year. I don't have to look at it again, do I? Oh, goodness. Well, it's a little mind-boggling, but in some ways, I, I personally believe, and hopefully you might feel the same, that God revealing him in this way that we quite, quite can't fully understand means that he is the one true God. A God that you can fully understand is not really a God in the first place. Keep that in mind. A God that you can fully plumb the depths of his knowledge and wisdom and riches is not really a God you want on your side. Because the the God that you can fully understand upside down and downside up and inside out and all these things like that. You know everything about him, everything possibly there is to know. Well, in the end, it's probably just something that you've created yourself, right? Something that you have created for yourself so that you can make yourself feel better that you fully understand God. But God reveals himself in a way that is contrary to what we would expect, He does things in the opposite fashion from what we would do if we were God. We would think that if if we were God, we would do all these grand and magnificent things. Everybody would see everything that we would do. And there would be no doubt who God is. But the wisdom of God shows that he chooses those that are weak to shame those who are strong. Those who seem foolish to shame those who seem wise. That God defied all expectations by sending his son to be born as a man and to live as a man for our sakes. And in this way, we, through Jesus Christ, see him as the touchstone for how we can truly understand who God is in the way that he has 
revealed himself to be. That the triune God actually reveals himself through, through, and I'm going to try and say this word several times here, and it's hard for me to say because it begins with a vowel, through earthly things so that we may believe in his heavenly things. He is far beyond our comprehension, and yet he stoops down so that we might know him as he wants to be known in the way that we need to know him. Surely we can't fully fathom everything about him, but he makes himself known in such a way to where we can at least grasp on and trust that there's more there than what we're seeing. There's more there, and we hear that there is. Sometimes, though, we are like, we are like, um, we are like, uh, excuse me, sometimes, though, we are like um, Nicodemus in not paying proper attention to, to the earthly things, or even we get a little bit lazy in striving to understand the ways that God has shown himself to be. Like I said, we get through the Athanasian Creed, and then we say, oh, well, I don't have to look at that again for another year, and that's fine with me. But, you know, we shouldn't think to ourselves that the doctrine of the Trinity is too hard. It's just this grand mystery. Let's not even try to understand all these things. Let's not even try. Or you may feel intimidated and say, how am I supposed to explain or properly speak about how much God does, who he is, what he has done, you know, all, all these things about God? How do I do that if I can barely understand the Athanasian Creed? And if I really think about it and I'm really honest with myself, I barely even understand the Nicene or the Apostles' Creeds. They're just, they say things that don't make a whole lot of sense if you really, really think about them. So how am I supposed to do these things? And sometimes the answer our flesh gives us is, well, don't. Just don't do it. Don't even try, right? Try not to just, ex try not to expel as much strength as you can in saying these things to other people. But that's our sinful flesh. That's what Satan wants us to do. Satan wants us to just not even try. He wants us to despair. He wants us to think, that God is so grand, there's nothing that we can say about him to anyone that would ever make a difference to anybody. But, dear friends in Christ, your brothers and sisters, that is not what God has to say. God himself, the one true God, has revealed himself in the Trinity, and therefore, when it comes to things as if you have the opportunity to explain something to somebody or if somebody says, so you're a Christian, what do you believe? Is it really that much to ask to use the creed? Is it really that much to say, well, I believe that God the Father created me, God the Son saved me for dying, by, by dying for my sins and being raised from the dead, and God the Holy Spirit shows me this in his word. That's it, right? It's that simple. There's no real need to overcomplicate things unless you get further down the line with somebody talking to them. But the easiest thing is just to say, use the creed. 
The Apostles' Creed gives you everything that you need. If you want to even go further, use the Nicene Creed. If you really want to go far, if with somebody probably like fifth or sixth conversation down the line, maybe use the Athanasian. But the thing is, is that God has revealed himself in such a way that we can actually grasp onto him. We actually know him as our father. We know Jesus Christ as his son and therefore our brother, and we are co-heirs with him. You can understand it in the familial sense that way. And also the Holy Spirit is the one part of the Trinity, the one member, I should say, the one person of the Trinity who keeps pointing us back to Jesus. That's what he does. So when you have these things properly understood, it's not that hard. And I know that you're probably saying, Pastor, you went to school for all these things. You know how to say this stuff. And I think to myself, how many times have you been in church and you've said the Apostles' Creed? (laughs) I don't want to be like Jesus, but on some level, it's like, are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things, right? Not that y'all are all teachers, but you've been in the faith for your entire lives. You know who God is. You know that he is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know these things. Don't let Satan think that, don't let Satan make you think you don't know. You have been washed in that name, in the triune name of God. You have been cleansed of your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Every Sunday you come here, you're absolved in that holy name. Don't let Satan trick you into thinking that you don't know who he is sufficiently enough to be able to say who he is. Now, I know that may seem kind of harsh to some people to say, what's the big deal? It's not that hard. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, he makes all things possible. He makes it possible for you to speak and to be bold and to be brave and be courageous about these things of God because he wants all people to know these things and to know also that he ties himself to this earth even more so in a way for us to understand. He ties himself with his name to that wonderful water and the washing of his word in holy baptism. That every time you see someone be baptized, a child or, or uh, a child or, or an adult, even though you may not remember exactly what it was like to have the water splashed on you, you know that it was done. And you can remember in that sense your baptism. Remember that just like that person, you are now a child of God as well. And to also keep in mind that God ties himself to the things of of this earth, bread and wine, to deliver to you the body and blood of Christ. He humbles himself. He comes to you so that you would know who he is even more fully, even more richly, even more deeply. And sometimes we think to ourselves, maybe knowingly or not, that what do we need to bother with baptism for? I come to church every Sunday and I get the Holy Supper. That's good enough for me. Why do I need to know more about it? Maybe you've thought this. If not, well then good. But if you have, if you've wondered, why does pastor talk so much about baptism? Why does pastor talk so much about Holy Communion? 
It's because God comes to us in these ways. He comes to us. He stoops down. He he does not stay in the heavenly realm for us to ponder and think, oh, I wonder what God thinks about me. No, he ties himself to the earth in such a way to say, I know exactly what he thinks about me. He loves me. And he loves me in such a way as this, that he would send his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but should have life everlasting. I know that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. I know this because I'm washed clean in his word, in in holy baptism. I know this because he feeds me his body and his blood every week, every Sunday. I know these things, not because I'm so smart or because I'm so learned or I'm just so wise and I've give, I've, or I've been given some special revelation from God, but I've been given, just like you have, the revelation from God that says, this is how he loves you, by dying for you, by washing you clean, by feeding you, by sustaining you in the one true faith, so that you would know that through these things, through these things that are tied to this earth, you can be given those heavenly gifts of God. So, so as the psalmist says, I pray that you would, that you would, that you would, um, Read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest this word of God. That you would ruminate on these things, chew on them, hold on to them, and be further shown the glory of God that he shows himself in all these things for your good. So that ultimately, in the end of pondering these things, you can say along with St. Paul, Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be, that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.